Back to another edition of It's Raining Mets. Ed Russo, meteorologist Ed Russo here. And it's meteorologist Tom Russell. And uh, as we've been joking over the last couple of months, Ed and I have still not seen each other in person for, for what, three, four months now? Ed? Yeah, you know, <laughs> and, and we were thinking um, by now we might start getting back to more of a normal workflow. But, you know, yep. and not just with us, but with a lot of businesses out there, they're, they're you know, keeping things remote you know, for the yeah, time and, being. And and it's working for a lot of people and, and it's working for news in particular because uh, one of the things we've been talking about behind the scenes is as a newsroom and as weather folks, we're actually, you know, we're in the community. We're maybe in touch a little better sometimes with uh, both the weather and what's going on in our community. So it's actually been working pretty well. And we certainly appreciate everybody uh, watching CBS 21 for all the coronavirus latest, but uh, everything else that is going on uh, and also weather wise. So, it's, you know, one of those things that uh, as weather folks is we get locked in the studio sometime, which is a, a bunker basically with the uh, uh, block walls and, and we don't get out and, and see the weather. So this has been kind of fun to track some storms while you're being at home. Cause sometimes I'll call my wife and go, Oh, did we get rain? Did we get, yeah. <laughs> did you see that? Right. Uh, and now it's been kind of fun to track it from home, right? Yeah. Live shots from home. You know, you could be mm -hmm. out, you know, kind of on your back porch. So it's, it's been nice. It's been, it's been relaxed. And, you know, I think what we're starting to learn here is, uh, you know, with with some of the increased cases that that we're seeing, which I which I think if if um, is in part due to more testing, but also it does seem like we're seeing more cases and more people getting sick again, especially the major metropolitan areas like Houston. Um, mm -hmm. We were always wondering, is the warmth and the heat going to calm this thing down? And it, it, we were hoping that, but it, it doesn't seem to be playing out. Because yeah, it it's doesn't. Arizona, it doesn't. Texas, Florida. You know. Right, it doesn't appear um, to be that way. It's a novel <laughs> virus, and we're we're learning that that maybe this doesn't really know a season. It just happens. The one thing I was um, I was reading about is that you know vitamin D is good to fight a virus. That's uh, sunshine, but it needs to be in this case. It needs to be kind uh, combined with vitamin K. Like that's the the trip mechanism that uh, that helps activate or at least cut back on on the virus uh, and and helps stave it off. So that's uh, an interesting know. little extra piece of information. It sounds pretty important too. Yeah, yeah, and and I think it's you know just like we learn every day with weather. I think the weather communities or the medical communities learning every day with this virus going. Okay, the the traditional things we thought uh, maybe have to be turned a little bit sideways and looked at a little bit differently. Sure. So I, I think it's fascinating just from a scientific standpoint. Oh, yeah. you, you and I have talked about this before that you know every new weather system that comes along we learn a little bit more and we go oh okay and we put that uh, information into into the next one and I think that's what's taking place in the weather community. Too, yeah, that's. Uh, that, 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 that's really interesting because you know you you know you may get hit with you know two six inch snows in the mm -hmm. same season but the the storm itself like the dynamics and how it forms even though this you got the same result the storm itself and how it and, and how it came together there's always subtle differences it's never the same you know you never have a snowflake right. that is exactly the same as the other so you know all of our models you know build off of you know, part of what a model is made of, like a, a forecast model, is built off what has happened before. Right. And, you know, every system that a model tracks that impacts a region is always going to be different than all the previous other ones that came through. So that's why there's always uncertainty, because we, we only know from what we've experienced, but every single right. system has little nuances where there are differences. 
And that's why I always say, you know, meteorology in particular is part art, part science. So the art part is, okay, what have I learned? What have I brought? And then what do we know scientifically uh, over the years? So uh, pretty fascinating. Yeah. Uh, a couple of cool things yeah. to talk about this time around. Uh, you were going to dive into this, so I'll, I'll let you take this. Uh, we've got Saharan dust. It's dust that comes out of Africa off the Sahara Desert, and it makes this 5,000-mile trek through the Atlantic to the Caribbean, Mexico, and uh, as we record this, this weekend, into the U.S. Yeah, wow. yes. So the so the Saharan dust <clears throat> comes off the African coast, as Tom was saying, gets picked up by the strong easterly trade winds, and a, a, a large concentration of it over the last, you know, week and a half has tracked across the Atlantic. I think that's the time frame. You know, it takes a little mm-hmm. while to get here, but, you know, we're able to track the dust from its origin point in Africa all the way across the Caribbean. Now it's being picked up and curved northward uh, into the southeast and giving just these amazing sunsets and sunrises. All the dust particles in the atmosphere, the particulate matter in the atmosphere, especially when it has dust, can give you some of your most magnificent sunsets. Yeah, very cool. And the other good thing about it is it's a it's a drying mechanism as well. So what it does is it inhibits tropical development. So in those same trade winds over the Atlantic where you would find perhaps uh, hurricane development, it suppresses that at least temporarily. So the, the big story with this one, Ed, and maybe you can enlighten me a little bit more, is this is certainly not unusual. This happens almost every hurricane season or at least every couple of years. Uh, but the amount of dust with this seems to be particularly large. Yeah, I'm actually trying to figure that out myself. You know, this does seem to be an anomaly, not something that we typically see all the time. You know, we get little concentrations of of dust that come off the African coast and disperse and become so diluted that it really doesn't have an impact on atmospheric optics like sunsets and and sunrises and stuff like that. But this particular dust cloud uh, has held a pretty high concentration as it's crossed the Atlantic. And now it's curving up to the northeast where it looks like it's going to disperse even more. So there's a possibility maybe, you know, as we head into next week that we could get some good sunsets around here. I don't think they're going to be as vibrant as the southeast because, you know, the more this cloud moves away from its origin point, the more the dust particles spread out and it becomes less pronounced. But still, to have that that, that level of impact, even if it's minor, um, pretty pretty amazing how that can stay so concentrated as it tracks thousands of miles across the Atlantic. Yeah, it really brings home that point that, you know, weather is really global and, you know, what happens in Africa affects us. So as Ed mentioned, I see it staying south of of PA, um, but maybe, you know, maybe you're traveling to the Outer Banks of North Carolina or southward, you might get a better chance of running into some of that dust. So it's a bad thing from, you know, if it keeps your sunshine down during the day, it makes it dimmer. But it's a good thing, as you mentioned, some vibrant sunrises and sunsets when those particulates are are spread out in the atmosphere uh, in those evening and morning hours. So it depends on where you are, I guess, right? Yeah, so there's definitely two plus sides to it, decreased tropical (laughs) activity and... And nice sunsets. So that's the hair and dust. Yeah. Uh, well, that does tails into our active tropical season so far. So if you've been following along uh, at home and keeping your scorecard here, we've already had, uh, let's see, Arthur, Bertha, Cristobal, 
and Dolly now. Now I gotta I gotta wave the red flag on Dolly here, Ed, and you can either agree or disagree. But Dolly was this little system just off the New England coast that was basically post-tropical from the start because uh, it was so far north, colder water. Uh, but they did give it a name. I yeah. say it didn't des- I say didn't deserve a name. How about it was you? well, it was so brief too. You know, it's like hello Dolly, goodbye Dolly. <laughs> you know, it's it like that. Um, you know the water where it where it where it deformed and got that low level circulation. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of on the fence too yeah. because you know it, it's not like the water off of New England is warm this time of the. It's still cold. No, I mean, I was just no. in Jersey this past weekend and the water's still cold. It's was still, it like 58? Something it's like that? in the 60s now, but the week prior it was in the 50s. And the Gulf yeah. Stream, that that real you know warm tongue of water that comes up the southeast coast, curves eastward past the Outer Banks, so you still get colder right. water along the Canadian Maritimes and northeast sure. coast from you know a lot of that water's from the Labrador Current, which comes directly from the Arctic. So right. uh, yeah, we're still looking at pretty cold water in that direction. So it's kind of like Labrador meets the Gulf Stream, and the water is not you know, 75, 80 plus degrees there. <laughs> no. and, and that's where Dolly yeah. developed. So, I mean, it, it it had kind of a broad, wide circulation. It didn't have that like warm core concentric right. kind of circulation to it, right? Right. Yeah. So we did anticipate a, a fairly active and early start to the season. And it kind of goes back to what Ed was saying. Um, the Gulf of Mexico, the uh, Southeast Atlantic coast, those waters are very warm, unusually warm. Uh, and of course, that's where we saw Cristobal, which came up, if you remember, from the Yucatan into the New Orleans area. Um, you know, so those are the where we look for early in the season. Now, as the season progresses, then we'll look out towards uh, you know the Atlantic and coming off of the Cape Verde Islands and, and those areas. So uh, we do still see an active season. Uh, again, there's plenty of warm water to support that, but it's nice to see that Saharan dust come into play and uh, and suppress things. So um, I know as you go through the hurricane season, our friends out of Colorado State. Uh, the National Weather or uh, National Hurricane Center, they'll they'll update those predictions, but it's still looking pretty active from everything I've seen. Yeah, yeah, you know, and 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 another key thing here is, you know, you don't want a lot of wind shear across the Atlantic either, you know, because they just rip off the tops of these thunderstorms that organize into areas of low pressure and develop into a more organized tropical system. So you need low wind shear, warm yeah. water temperatures, which we both got this year. The only the one big ingredient flying to the ointment for a more active season right now is, as you were saying, the Saharan dust. Yeah. So we're still very early in the tropical season, long way to go. And uh, Ed's done a, a lot of research lately on uh, these uh, late season storms that come along and drop a whole lot of rain. So um, still lots to look out for for there. Let's transition now to where we are in the summer season. We're in the heart of what we call our severe weather season, which is basically May, June and the first half of July. Um, Ed, I'll throw it back to you. How would you describe the severe season so far? You know, it seems it seems to have been pretty lax. We've had our days. We've had our mm-hmm. days. Uh, and, and the days where we have been active, it hasn't been, you know, widespread. We had, really haven't had that, that widespread event yet. And, and usually, you know, w- once we get towards late June, early July, we start to get those cold fronts that are they're not as potent. They're weaker because this warmer summer pattern is dominating. So... Um, 
it it does look like we obviously still have some more chances, but I, you know it it doesn't look like anything that screams a, a major event. Certainly not complaining here. You know, it seems like <laughs> late May, early June historically in Pennsylvania is very very active. Yeah, severe weather wise. Um, so I'm just doing this off the top of my head, and I should know this better, but I, I've been, you know, since we haven't been at the studio, we've been called in a couple times for severe weather. I've done one tornado warning. Mm-hmm. That was about two weeks ago. Uh, and then you did the the survey with the National Weather Service. So that ended up being straight line wind damage, yeah, correct? Yeah, in the Halifax area, yep. And you've done one tornado warning on the air so far this season too, right? So no, it no. The, I've only done one, and it was one. my, like, day three of working. <laughs> It was right. my first time filling in for you, Tom. I see, like why you, I see why you left. You knew that was going to happen. I would never do that to you, my friend. <laughs> Although, as meteorologists, that's what we live for. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we've had, uh, as Ed mentioned, a, a couple of days of uh, some pretty decent wind damage. And it seems, I, I think the one thing I will say about our severe season so far is that every system that comes along seems to be laden with tropical moisture. In other words, dropping a whole lot of rain and flooding is always an issue, right? Yeah, yeah, especially with, you know, training type thunderstorm scenarios which there's actually you know the way i've been looking at you know the setup for for tomorrow is um you know there might be some some training storms that produce just training meaning the same storm removes repeatedly over or or storms move repeatedly over the same area you get this real just ton of rain falling within a short amount of time so that's always uh, another aspect of severe weather separate from the damage caused by tornadoes and straight line wind um, but certainly some 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 heavy rain potential, and especially with anyone that that uh, is associated with a tropical air mass. And most of the time, when we have a severe weather setup, there's some subtropical or tropical air that's in place. That's why the dew points are so high and it feels so thick and right. miserable outside. Yeah, tis the season yeah. for that. Um, so the other factor that goes into severe weather is you know extreme heat. So I was just looking here. We've only had three days, 90 plus so far. Uh, June the 4th, we hit 90. June the 10th, we hit 91. And June 22nd, we hit 91. So um, a lot of times those extreme heat days, uh, as we break that heat with a cold front, as Ed mentioned, or something, that's when we get that severe weather. So the lack of that super, super heat kind of stuff uh, helps us out a little bit, too. Yeah. Yeah, and and we still get you know our typical heat waves in July, and anytime anytime you see a pattern breakdown, anytime a heat wave yep. breaks down, it always usually comes with a change in the jet stream, and a change in the jet stream always brings some level of active weather, oftentimes severe. Right, right. So as we record this here, for heading into the final weekend of uh, of June, we see another hot, steamy day. We do see the potential for. Uh, some strong to severe storms. So as always, uh, enjoy your summertime outdoor activities, but uh, please beware. Matter of fact, we're coming off of um, Lightning Safety Awareness Week. And did you see what the uh, most dangerous activity is? Wait, let me guess. Mm -hmm. Wait, is it? So so you know this? Yes. Okay. Um, Is it sports related? Uh, Leisure related, but yeah, you call it sports. I'd say fishing. Very good. Well, ding, ding, ding. Way yeah. to go ahead. Thank you. Uh, Thank so obviously you. any water-related activities, because you're, you're most vulnerable out on the water. And then when you drill it down, uh, it was fishing. And the stat the National Weather Service put out was since 2006, so a 13-year span, um, they had 40 fishing uh, lightning deaths. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah, That's yeah, a that lot. is. That is. And, 
and, and you're very vulnerable out there. So the the you know the new slogan now is you know when thunder roars goes and go indoors. But a lot of times you're out on a lake or out on a river or something. Um, so you really got to have a plan, know what to do, and the best thing to do is plan ahead, know these things are coming, uh, and be out of harm's way if you can. But that that number really struck me, forty. Uh, folks, and you know it's a big state. We're very outdoors oriented, uh, but it's still that that number was was awfully high. Yeah. No, I remember a couple of years ago, I was down in Florida visiting my brother, and we all went to the beach. I was in the water. I was surfing, and this this I mean, in, in Florida, thunderstorms just blow up so fast. Sure. They, sure. They, they just I mean, you have a little puffy cumulus cloud, and five minutes later, the thing's dropping <laughs> dropping lightning. Yeah. And this thing just exploded. And, you know, just kind of a, a thing about surfers, you can't just get out of the water. Whenever you end a surf session, you always have to ride a wave in. You know, it's, it's, if, if, you yeah, get yeah. Out, if you get out of the water, you know, just by paddling to shore, it's, it's just kind of like a buzzkill. You need to actually surf sure. a wave to get out of the water to end your session. So what'd you do? So I was waiting and waiting and waiting. I'm like, I got to get out of the water. This, this, you know, this, it looks like a storm is forming. And right when I, I caught a wave and, um, yeah, it's, it started, you know, it started lightning. It was, it was thundering, just really, really loud. And we ended up getting golf ball size hail from that storm in South Florida. Wow. That's wow. not, you know, a thunderstorm that forms over just offshore in Florida doesn't right. typically have big hail yeah. with it. So no, that, that no. was very, I've never seen hail like that in Florida before. You know, hail doesn't wow. typically get big, big hailstones because the freezing level is so high in the so atmosphere. High, right, right. So that was, that was an interesting little storm. And we ended up having to sit in the car and wait it out because it was just raining so much. And now what's the, yeah. uh, school me on the protocol as a uh, experienced surfer. Are you allowed to use your surfboard as a hail cover as you're running through your yards? <laughs> um, that would be a travesty because it would ding your board. <laughs> exactly. And that would, would be that. a, that would be a, that would be a $300 repair. <laughs> at least, at <laughs> least. That would be, yeah. Not even a board well, bag will protect it from hail like that. <laughs> well, it's always great to catch up with you, my friend. I yeah. hope folks enjoy listening uh, to the podcast. Um, again, I think we've been very fortunate through this whole uh, COVID lockdown and things that we haven't had a whole lot of severe weather, but that doesn't mean we won't. So right. please uh, know what to do with severe weather. And of course, our job uh, at CBS 21 is to, to keep you ahead of those storms. So thank you for trusting us uh, to keep you ahead of those storms and, and anything that comes down the pike. So great to catch up with you, Ed. Enjoy uh, uh, until next time, I guess. Yeah, yeah, probably, probably next week sometime. And I'll, I'm sure right. I'll see you here eventually. <laughs> in the post-COVID-19 world. Awesome. So. All right, Tom. Good to see you. Good to hear from you. You too, man. Take care. All right. You're listening to It's Raining Mets. <laughs>